Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's Midday Movie Madness's weekly weekend warrior. I'm your host, Movie Guru. Not only is today the first day of June and thus the first day of Candy Month, Fruits and Veggie Month, LGBTQ Plus Pride Month, Adopt-A-Cat Month, and Nationalized Tea Month, as well as Dare Day, Today is also my cousin Charlie Stockman's daughter, Dakota, 12th birthday. She lives all the way in Japan with her brother and parents. Happy birthday, Daco. I can't believe you're almost a teenager. She shares her birthday with Morgan Freeman, Brian Cox, Jennifer LaCasse's daughter, Lily, who is 18, Franny Hall, Spider-Man actor Tom Holland, the late Andy Griffith, and the late Mary Monroe, along with Amy Schumer. Today is the debut date for 2012's Snow White and the Huntsman, 2007's Knocked Up, 2001's Moulin Rouge, 1990's Total Recall, and 2005's The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I forgot someone's birthday last week. Julie Wendt's daughter, Joy, turned two years old on May 28th, but I... Forgot to mention her last week. I'd also like to send Gretchen Wally's daughter, Bella, a belated congrats on graduating from high school two days ago and a very belated birthday as her birthday was May 22nd. Oops. Congrats go out to Lisa Potts of Hyannis. Her son, Ben, proposed to his longtime girlfriend last Friday. Actor Justin Lawn, Aquafina, TV show host, Annie Cohen, actor Dominic Cooper, and many others have birthdays tomorrow, June 2nd. Tra-la-la! It was that day in 2017 that Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, snapped his fingers from the page to to the screen, along with Wonder Woman. Other June 2nd releases include 2006's The Breakup, 1989's Dead Poet Society, and 2004's The Lovely. My cousin Melinda McCabin of San Rafael, California has her birthday on June 3rd. Happy birthday, Melinda. Her birthday pals include Anderson Cooper and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden. 2001 HBO show Six Feet Under, 2005 Cinderella Man, 2011's Beginners in, the, uh, in X-Men First Class, 1988's Big, the TV show The Fosters, the 2016 show Pose, among others, debuted that day. Angelina Jolie, Russell Brand, along with Prince Harry's daughter, Lila Ben. Lily, Diana Montaben Windsor, sorry if I messed that up, have birthdays on June 4th, which happens to be when the original Miracle on 34th Street, and 2004's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban debuted. 1988's Mulan, my, my mistake, 1998's Animated Mulan, which I did on yesterday's News and Flashback Fun mini Facebook and podcast episode, and The Truman Show, the 2011 Teen Wolf Show, and 2009 films The Hangover and Land of the Lost, all debuted on June 5th. That day also marks, believe it or not, 
Just three years since my weekly flashback fun Facebook and podcast feature began. Wow. Sabrina Grass, activist Carol Baskin, Freddy Krueger himself, Robert Anglin, and Jason Isaacs, a.k.a. Harry Potter's Lucius Malfoy, have birthdays June 6th. That day also happens to be my cousin Joe and his wife Gina's son Vigo's birthday. Happy early birthday, Vigo. I can't believe you are about to turn seven years old. Where does the time go? It's also the debut date for 2008's Kung Fu Panda 2, and you don't meant with the Zohan. My mistake. The original Kung Fu Panda, and you don't mess with the Zohan. 2016's Now You See Me, the 1998 Sex and the City TV show, 1997's Con Air, and the 2014 Weeper, The Fault in Our Stars. June 7th is the late singer Prince, movie actor Liam Neeson, pop singer Tom Jones, and actor Michael Sarah's birthdays, as well as the debut date for the 2002 Kim Possible TV show, 1997's Face Off, and the 2019 films, The Secret Life of Pets 2, Late Night, and X-Men Dark Phoenix, which no X-Men fan really speaks of. Disney's live-action version of their 1989 classic, The Little Mermaid, swam to the top of the box office over the Memorial Day holiday with... $117.5 $117.5 million thingamabobs, who's it's and what's it's. It ranks over the four-day holiday. It ranks as the fifth largest Memorial Day debut. Last year's Top Gun Maverick set a totally new holiday record with its $160.5 million launch. For Disney, the popularity is a testament to its plan of digging deep into its vaults and rebooting popular animated films as live-action movies, something it's done successfully with the likes of Aladdin, 101 Dalmatians, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, and The Lion King. Next up on its live-action remake lineup is 2024's Snow White with Rachel Zegler and Gal Gadot, and The Lion King remake prequel, The Lion King Mufasa. And somewhere, and also the future Aristocats remake being directed by Amir Questlove Thompson. The Little Mermaid, which carries a big price tag of 250 million clams, will need to keep appealing to crowds over the next few weeks. This could be pretty challenging overseas since the animated original isn't as beloved in many countries as it is here. So far, it's earned an underwhelming 68.1 million dinglehoppers from over, fi- from over 51 international markets. Two other May releases used the holiday to expand their own grosses. Second place, Serve Fast X picked up $28.7 million in gasoline fees over the long weekend. The latest in the long-running acting action franchise has been uh, a disappointed here in the box office in the States, earning a disheartening $113.6 million 
after just two weeks. But it's done much better overseas, where it's for nearly $400 million to bring its global health close to $500 million, making it the third highest grossing movie of the year so far. The series actually crossed the $7 billion milestone at the global box office to become the fifth grossing High, the fifth highest grossing series of all time. Marvel and Disney's Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3 took third place with 26.1 million space units for the four-day holiday. That brings its gross, the superhero threequels gross, to 305.6 million space units, which is pretty impressive. According to IMDb.com, Jodie Benson, the original voice of Ariel in 1989's The Little Mermaids, has a blink-and-you-miss-a-cameo as the person who gives Ariel a dinglehopper, a.k.a. a fork. And according to interviews in relationship to the original Little Mermaid, Melissa McCarthy, who plays Ursula, admitted when she used to look after kids, she'd play the film for them every night. She stated that she'd seen the film over 100 times. Speaking of live action film, the live action version of DreamWorks animation, How to Train Your Dragon, found its two main human writers. Mason Thomas, the star of Horror Hit the Black Phone, will play Hiccup, while Nico Parker, who's the young rising star currently seen in HBO's The Last of Us is playing Astrid. The March 14, 2025 release will film this summer. The live-action Moana film has found its director. It's Hamilton director Thomas Cowley. To quote Dwayne Johnson from the film, as Maui, what can I say but you're welcome. Mamma mia. The Super Mario Brothers movies and Top Gun Maverick just passed new box office record levels. Super Mario Brothers earned 560 million power of stars stateside and 720 million power of stars overseas for a worldwide box office high score of $1.288 billion. That means the 2023 animated adaption of the video game series has bypassed Frozen's $1.284 billion box office gross to become the second biggest animated film ever. It still has one more challenge to pass to get to the top. That would be the Frozen 2 with $1.45 billion. People.com reported yesterday Top Gun Maverick is still breaking records a year after its release. On Tuesday, Deadline.com reported that the sequel to Top Gun recently hit $101.5 million at the box office in Japan, where it is still playing in theaters, leading it to unseat 2003's The Last Samurai as the biggest Tom Cruise vehicle ever in the Asian country. Maverick previously became Paramount Pictures' number one movie ever in Japan 
as well as Skydances and is Cruz's highest earning film to date. The film has raked in nearly $1.5 billion worldwide since its release last May and is the fifth highest grossing film of all time in the U.S. and 12th highest grossing in the world. I do have some sad news. TheHollywoodReporter.com announced May 31st Sergio Calderon, the inimitable Mexican character actor who made his mark in such notable films as The In-Law, Men in Black, and Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End, has died. He was 77. Calderon died Wednesday in a Los Angeles hospital of natural causes, a family spokesman announced. Calderon portrayed a Mexican revolutionary at the turn of the 20th century in Duck, You Sucker, 1971. Written and directed by Sergio Leone and was a murderous Mexican chief of police opposite Albert Finney in John Huston's Under the Volcano, 1984. He guest starred as the colorful bandit Malavida Valdez in the premiere episode of NBC's The A-Team in 1983, then returned as the river pirate El Cajon, The Coffin, at the start of the show's third season a year later. Calderion played Alfonso, one of the Hondurians in the Arthur Miller Hiller comedy The In-Laws, 1979. It was the role that got him his SAG card, and fans of the original Men in Black, 1997, know him as the head on a stick held by an extraterrestrial illegal alien attempting to sneak across the U.S.-Mexico border in the Barry Sonfeld film. Later, Calderion was the Spanish pirate lord Captain Villanueva in Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End, 2007. Among the three dozen or so films on his resume were The Revengers, 1972, The Children of Sanchez, 1978, Le Chevere, 1981, Old Gringo, 1989, The Missing, 2003, The Ruins, 2008, and Little Fockers, 2010. He also showed up on the final season of the FX series, Better Things, last year. Deadline.com announced May 30th, 76-year-old Austrian actor Peter Simonschek passed away in Vienna. Best known to the German-speaking world, he got worldwide recognition in the Austrian film Tony Erdmann as prankster Winifred Conradi. The film was up for Best Foreign Language at the 89th Oscars, but lost to the salesman. Foxnews.com reported May 30th the cause of Tina Turner's death. The 83-year-old queen of rock and roll had countless health problems prior to her unexpected May 24th death, including long-term kidney disease despite passing of natural causes. The web article stated, as recently as March 9th on World Kidney Day, Turner announced her support of an international campaign for kidney health via Instagram. Turner shared in the post how her failure to seek treatment had harmed her health and endangered her life. My kidneys are victims of my not realizing that my high blood pressure should have been treated with conventional medicine. The singer wrote on Instagram, 
I have put myself in great danger by refusing to face the reality that I need daily, lifelong therapy with medication. For far too long, I believed that my body was an untouchable and indestructible fascian. Turner's battle with kidney issues began in 1978 when she was diagnosed with hypertension. Sorry, Hollywood Vampire Band fans. Their United States tour dates have been delayed due to Johnny Depp fracturing his ankle earlier this week. And the verdict of Danny Masterson's rape trial was decided today. The former That 70s Show star is guilty on two different accounts of forcible rape. He is facing a very likely sentence of 30 years to life in jail. Eep! Alas, Disney's Splash Mountain took its last ride into the briar patch the other day. People.com announced May 31st, the classic ride closed permanently on Wednesday, May 31st. It will undergo a re-theming and emerge as Tiana's Bayou Adventure, a new attraction based on the 2009 animated hit, The Princess and the Frog, in 2024. While the ride will remain a log flume, the story will be brand new. Disney announced the ride's closing date at the Anaheim, California Park in April. At Walt Disney World in Orlando, it closed on January 23rd. Some parkers even tried to profit off a Florida ride on its last day by attempting to sell water they claim is from the attraction on eBay. The transformation was first announced in 2020, weeks after several petitions urging Disney to rework the theme of the popular attraction garnered attention on the site change.org. One titled Retheme Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog received over 21,384 signatures upon closing. The petition read in part, Disney parks should be a home for all to enjoy, regardless of race, age, whatever your background may be. While the ride is considered a beloved classic, its history and storyline are steeped in extremely problematic and stereotypical racist tropes from the 1946 film Song of the South. There's a huge need for diversity in the parks, and this could help fill that need. Disney noted at the time that a new story for the ride had been long under consideration. The controversial Disney film Song of the South has been criticized for its problematic portrayal of the post-Civil War South and for employing racist stereotypes. CEO Bob Iger confirmed in a 2020 shareholders meeting that it would not be available to stream on Disney Plus, even with a disclaimer, calling it not appropriate in today's world. The curtain has been brought down upon popular TV shows Ted Lasso and Succession this week. In better news, Teen Wolf alumni Tyler Posey proposed to his girlfriend, singer Flem, earlier today. Obviously, she said yes. Succession star Sarah Snook isn't too sad about the show ending. She just became a mom two days ago. ETCanada.com reported May 29th she has given birth to her first child with her husband, Australian comedian Dave Lawson, announcing the new arrival on Instagram just one day after the highly anticipated succession finale. 
It's hard to express what this show has meant to me. Snook captured a pic of her and her new bundle of joy watching the acclaimed HBO series together. The places I got to go, the immense talent I got to work with. It breaks my heart that it is all over, but my heart had to be this full of the, all the memories, good times, challenges, and triumphs to be able to break it all. So that makes me grateful. To have been blessed to join this crazy adventures of a show will be a career highlight, which no doubt will be hard to top. I am so, so proud and humbled by everyone's hard work season after season. We all set the bar high for each other, then exceeded it and excelled in every department. The friendships, the scripts, the locations, the one-liners, the early mornings, the last-minute changes, all the highs and lows. I'm going to miss it all. The people of this show are a talented bunch, and I'm proud to have worked alongside them. It's the people I will miss most of all, she continued. I just watched the final episode of the final season of something that has changed my life. And now my life has changed again. Thank you all for the love and support. Speaking of babies, Queer Eyes Tam France and his husband Rob welcomed their second son named Isaac via surrogacy over the weekend. Al Pacino's 29-year-old girlfriend is 80 months pregnant with his child which would be his fourth. A year after getting married, WWE star Alexa Bliss and singer Ryan Cabrera are going to become parents. Will Ferrell is in talks to bring NFL icon John Madden, who passed in December 2021, to life for a biopic movie called Madden. GameSpot.com announced May 26, citing unnamed multiple sources Deadline is reporting that the project is set to be directed by five-time Oscar nominee David O. Russell, American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, and a collaboration between Amazon and MGM. Based on a script by Cameron Clark, which appeared on the blacklist, Russell had been working on revisions until the project was put on hold due to the writer's strike. Madden, categorized as a prime video sports original, aims to explore the life of the charismatic Madden, a prominent figure on NFL sidelines. Madden's aspiration was to become a head coach, and he achieved great success in that role. However, the demanding nature of the job eventually took its toll, prompting him to step away from coaching. The film was primarily focused on Madden's friendship with Al Davis, owner of the Oakland Raiders, and how Madden found a new path that brought him even greater recognition. Despite having no personal experience with video games, Madden played a crucial role in revolutionizing the gaming industry as the figurehead of the popular Madden NFL franchise, which consistently been a top seller published by Electronic Arts. It's almost been four years, but now it's finally time to return to the Spider-Verse with a computer-animated superhero film, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse. This June 2nd, 2023 film stars the voices of Haley Steinfeld, Shamik Moore, Oscar Isaac, Brian Tree Henry, Amanda Steinberg, Daniel Kalulua, Karen Karan Saroni, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Mahershala Ali, and many others. 
Over a year after the events of 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales is unexpectedly approached by his crush, Gwen Stacy, aka Spider-Woman, to enter the multiverse in order to save everyone and every universe from the spot. The spot is a dimension-hopping, dangerous, yet inexperienced enemy who can cause a catastrophic disaster. Miles is up for the task, and he and Gwen journey through the multiverse together. They meet a gang of spider people known as the Spire Society, led by Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099. The Spider Society has been tasked with protecting the multiverse's very existence, but... Miles finds himself at odds with the Spider Society Miguel on how to handle the spot and must redefine what it means to be a hero. According to IMDb.com, this is Oscar Isaac's fourth Marvel project after playing Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant slash Moonlight in the Moonlight TV series, Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse, and Miguel O'Hara a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099 in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This film actually takes place across six dimensions with 240 characters in it and over 1,000 animators working on it. Speaking of our favorite web crawler, Toonado.com announced last night some pretty major news from Spidey fans here as Variety has got wind of a couple of significant updates for several planned projects during last night's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse premiere. First up, producer Amy Pascal has officially confirmed that a fourth Spider-Man film featuring Tom Holland's take on the web's crawler and Zendaya's MJ is in the works. But things have stalled in the wake of the current WGA strikes. Are we going to make another movie? Of course we are, she tells the site. We're in the process. But the writer's strike? Nobody is working during the strike. We're all being supporters, and whenever they get themselves together, we'll get started. Perhaps more interestingly, since we already had an inkling that a No Way Home follow-up was coming, Pascal announced that a live-action Miles Morales movie is in development. You'll see all of it, Pascal said when asked about the prospect of Miles making the jump to live action. It's all happening. Producer Avi Adrid added that we will see Spider-Man Woman solo movie sooner than you expect. He didn't clarify if this is the Olivia Wilde live action film that was announced some time ago, a completely different project, or an animated Wednesday see Spider-Verse spinoff, but the train seems to feel like it's the latter. This Friday, June 2nd, leave the lights on or the boogeyman will get you when the boogeyman creeps into theaters. This horror film, based on Stephen King's 1973 short story of the same name, stars the talents of Chris Messina, Sophie Thatcher, Vivian Lyra Blair, and David Dasmaltian. High school student Sadie Harper and her little sister Sawyer are still reeling from their mom's recent death. Devastated by his own grief, their therapist, Father Will, 
gives them neither the support nor the affection they need from him. But when a desperate patient shows up unexpectedly to their house begging for help, they bring in a terrifying entity that preys on the family and feeds on their greatest suffering. I'm so sorry to tell you this, Nightmare on Elm Street fans, but Robert Englund is hanging Freddy Krueger's iconic bladed leather gloves for good. It was announced the 75-year-old whose documentary Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert Unglund story, is out June 6th, which is also his 76th birthday, is retiring from the horror icon that made him famous. He has a bad back and wicked bad arthritis, and he can't move as much as he used to when it comes to taking takes. He starred as Kruger in the original Nightmare on Elm Street and seven sequels, the Freddy Nightmare TV series, and voiced him in video games, as well as the series, The Simpsons. He also appeared as Kruger in an episode of The Goldworks. Breaking news, fans. Variety.com announced today Dwayne Johnson is returning to the Fast and Furious universe with a new standalone film reprising his franchise role as Luke Hobbs. Universal Pictures announced the project on Thursday. Longtime Fast and Furious collaborator Chris Morgan wrote the untitled film script. Plot details were not available, though individuals familiar with the project with the deal said the new movie will bridge between the two the events of the just released Fast X and the upcoming Fast X Part 2, which is expected in 2025. Johnson just appeared as Hobbs a diplomatic security service agent in a credit scene for Fast X. Collider.com announced May 31st that it might, yeah, it's just a month until Insidious, The Red Door, with Ty Simpkins, Rose Byrne, and Patrick Wilson, opens up and closes the chapter on the Lambert family. Now, if you think that's the end of the Insidious films, well, it's not. A new film, Thread, an insidious tale is being developed as we speak. The website said Deadline.com reported that Mandy Moore and Kumal Nanjiani are closing in on deals to star in the film, with Moonlight Knight's Jeremy Slater directing the spooky project from a screenplay hero. Slater has experience directing horror with the underrated Exorcist TV series but Thread will be his feature directorial debut. While this is fresh horror news, there's quite a bit of information we already know about the supposed sixth film. The story will be an offshoot of the series about the supposed, and not follow the Lamberts or any of the established character. It would instead see a husband and wife, Nanjiani and more, who enlist the help of a spell to travel back in time so that such that they can prevent the death of their young daughter. The consequences, of course, prove to be severe. I have two pieces of fantastic news for vampire movie fans. And no, it's not information on the future Twilight TV series. First off, Robert Eggers' reimagined take on the classic 1922 vampire horror film Nosferatu wrapped filling ring recently. The film stars Willem Dafoe, Lily Rose Depp, and Bill Sarsgaard. Secondly, 
April's, well, April's Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Holt's horror comedy, Renfield, about Dracula's long-suffering human servant got, well, staked at the box office. Sorry, bad vampire pun. If you didn't get a chance to see it, well, you'll have your chance. It will be flying to DVD and streaming next week. It arrives first on DVD and Blu-ray June 6th, and then arrives on the Peacock streaming service just three days later on June 9th. Big news, Sex and City fans. Variety.com announced May 31st for one night, and one night only, the Sex and City universe will be whole again. Variety has learned that Kim Cattrall will reprise her iconic role as Samantha Jones in the season two finale of And Just Like That, Max's revival of Sex and the City. But she will only appear in one scene. According to sources, Cattrall shot her dialogue on March 22nd in New York City without seeing or speaking with the stars of the series, including Sarah Jessica Parker or with and just like that showrunner Michael Patrick King. In the scene, Samantha, who in the show has moved to London, will have a phone conversation with Parker's Carrie Bradshaw. In the first season of And Just Like That, Carrie engaged with an estranged Samantha over text, and in the finale, the two made a plan to see each other in order to reconcile. Sorry, Avatar The Last Airbender fans. The original voice cast probably won't be back for the 2025 film. Comicbook.com reported May 29th, Avatar The Last Airbender is ready to return to its roots. While Netflix continues work on the franchise's latest live-action entry, all eyes are on Aang and the gang as they prepare for a comeback. If you did not know, Avatar Studios is hard at work at a movie that will check in on our heroes as young adults. And after much speculation, actress Jessie Flowers has informed Fans, the Avatar movie will recast most, if not all, of the show's original cast. Flowers shared this information with fans and Momocon over the weekend, while Comic Book was attended. It was there the voice actors for Tuff addressed the new live-action project, and Flowers said they were under the impression most everyone from the show would be recasted. If you're an actor, you're always interested in being called back for a project. I think they're going to be recasting for pretty much everything. It's not like people are going to clamor and be like, bring back the originals. Continuing, Flowers went on to address the, fran- the franchise's vision under creators Brian Coney Tuxo and Michael Dante DiMartino. The actress said the creators know what they want for Avatar's first film and they will not bend to any amount of fandom push. At this point, no cast has been announced for Avatar's first film, but we do know some details about the project. For one, we know the Avatar Studios project will be done as a movie and follow Aang's team as young adults. Currently, the big project is slated to debut in 2025, and director Laura Montgomery will be overseeing the release in a few years' time. Now... Just like last week, I'm ending the show with two March releases on DVD this week. One successful, the other one, well, um, 
not so successful. Rolling its way onto the DVD game board this week is the fantasy action heist comedy Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. The March 31st release, which conjured up 92.9 million spells in theaters, stars the talents of Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Hugh Grant, Reggie John Page, Justice Smith, and Sophia Lillis. This Dungeons and Dragons film reboot brings the rich world and playful spirit of the famous tabletop role-playing game to the big screen. And don't worry, folks, it's not connected at all with the previously failed Dungeons and Dragons film trilogy, which nobody speaks of. In order to retrieve a lost relic, charming thief Edwin Darvis and a band of unlikely adventurers undertake an epic heist. But things go dangerously wrong when they run afoul of the wrong people. According to IMDb.com, Chris Pine actually appeared, agreed to appear because the Edgar role is very different for a fantasy film leading man. He also joined since he sat in on his nephew playing a D&D campaign and witnessed how much fun he and his friends were having. What's also neat is that the overweight red dragon the gang encounters in the Underdark is Thumbershod, who's a well-known denson of the Underdark. On the other hand, there is the not-so-successful March release on DVD this week. The sci-fi action thriller 65, starring Adam Driver and Ariana Greenblatt. The March 10th release wasn't well-liked by critics and only made $60 million worldwide. In the far-off future, a pilot crashes his ship onto an unknown planet, which turns out to be Earth from 65 million years ago, full of hungry dinosaurs. Can the pilot and his sole surviving passenger find a way back home before they become dino chow? That's all for this week's news, folks. So until we meet again, as always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and get to the theaters if you can. Bye now.